Today's scripture reading is from the Gospel according to Luke, the second chapter. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for Passover, and when Jesus was 12 years old, they all went there as usual to the celebration. After Passover, his parents left, but they did not know that Jesus had stayed in the city. They thought he was traveling with some other people, and they went a whole day before they started looking for him. When they could not find him with their relatives and friends, they went back to Jerusalem and started looking for him there. Three days later, they found Jesus sitting in the temple, listening to the teachers and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was surprised at how much he knew and at the answers he gave. When his parents found him, they were amazed. His mother said, son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been very worried and we have been searching for you. Jesus answered, why, um, why did you have to look for me? Didn't you know that I would be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he meant. Jesus went back to Nazareth with his parents and obeyed them. His mother kept on thinking about what had happened. Jesus became wise and he grew strong. God was pleased with him and so were the people. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word this day. We're continuing our worship series called Copying Christ, that we are called to be imitators of God, imitators of God. Last week, we talked about the compassion of Christ, and our children helped us with teaching us about how compassion is, I see your hurt, I feel your hurt, and I work, I help to ease your hurt. Today we're going to talk about the faithfulness of Christ. The faithfulness of Christ. At some level, it's kind of weird to talk about Jesus as having faith because, you know, Jesus was fully human and fully divine. How do you have faith in yourself? It's also kind of weird because for many of us, when we talk about faith and we say believe, what we're saying is that we believe God exists. Well, of course, Jesus knew that God existed. I mean, Jesus was, you know, fully divine. But that's not what faith meant in Scripture. In Scripture, nobody was wondering if God existed. Even Satan talked about as if God was real. I mean, even Satan knew God was real. In Scripture... Faith is not believing that God existed, but was about loyalty. It was about loyalty to God. And in fact, if you read the Old Testament carefully, there really is no sense that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob existed and the other gods were pretend. It was, which God are you giving your loyalty to? Which God do you worship? Which God do you follow? And... This was a constant problem for the people of God because they kept fooling around with idol worship. They'd follow God for a while, you know, 
and then start following the, ooh, because, you know, God delivered them from slavery. God defended them from their enemies. God brought them into the land of Canaan. But there was a local deity in Canaan named Baal. And Baal, like when you worshipped Baal, you were given prosperity. It, Baal was a fertility god. Baal brought the rain, and then your crops would be abundant. Your... Um, you know, when you, when you appeased Baal appropriately, your, your fertility, your children would grow to be strong. I mean, Baal was a god of prosperity and security. And so, you know, people would keep worshiping the god of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And they were fooling around with idol worship. And the way you worship these two was very different. Worship of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as you all know, that is taking your best livestock and sacrificing it, your best grain, the best produce of the land, and sacrificing it. Worship over at the Baal temple was quite different. Baal was a fertility god, and so you would go to the temple and you would engage in Fertility rites, maybe with the temple prostitute, maybe with other worshipers, and you would engage in, in acts that we shall say um, would be unfamiliar to a cis-hetero person. And sometimes there would be child sacrifice. I mean, what completely different worship. And God said, none of that. None of that idol worship. That is not faithful. That, that faithfulness was loyalty to God. It actually is a meaning very similar to when we talk about being faithful in marriage. Just one. Just one God. And so that was the community Jesus was born into and Jesus was raised in. And Jesus was loyal to God the Father and... Jesus was close. Loyalty can be done at a distance, as any sports team fan knows. You can be very loyal to your team and really not have any personal interaction with the team. And we hear that the people of God would go up to Jerusalem once a year. Well, Jesus' relationship with God the Father was close. It was a, it was a relationship beyond trust of or beyond loyalty of trust. And Jesus was always running off to God. Throughout the Gospels we hear Jesus got off on his own to pray. Jesus spent time studying scripture. And even as a youngster, went off to the temple to be with God and to be with the teachers and failed to see the hurt he was causing his parents as young people do. Because his loyalty to God, his trust in God was so deep and so complete. Jesus trusted God. The best description of faith I have ever heard says faith begins with God reaching out to us. God reaches out to us. We have been created with a capacity to recognize God. And faith is our response. 
So God reaches out to us, we notice, and we respond, and faith is our response. And that actually is just how trust works. You don't just decide to trust somebody. Trust is all about experience. A person treats you a certain way, treats you, you know, in a respectful, trustworthy way. You notice, and then you trust. And that that is how trust happens. And it is then this this relationship, this relationship that is constantly in motion. And we see that trust with Jesus, that Jesus, God the Son, responding to God the Father, who reaches out and is noticed and responds and reaches out and noticed and responds and reaches out and noticed and responds, that it is this relationship in constant movement. Constant movement. And that is the faith of Christ. That is the faith that we are called to copy. So how do we do that in our own lives? How do we, how do we take that movement from believing to loyal to trust? Well, believing is not a given in today's society. Secularism, that idea that God does not exist, that started about 500 years ago and has been growing. Some say that it started with the Enlightenment, with the, um, the advent of scientific thinking. Some say it was a response to the trauma of the Black Death, that pandemic of the Black Death that entered Europe and that killed, they estimate, 30% of the population, and that it was a response to that trauma. Others say that it actually originated in the religious wars after the Reformation. The Reformation began in 1517, just, about fi- just over 500 years ago. And within the first 100 years of the Reformation, Europe splintered apart and entered into bloody, Wars that affected every part of Europe. Upward, they estimate upwards of 17 million people were killed. 20% of the population killed of Christians killing Christians. Well, secularism began, that God does not exist. And there was just recently um, a Pew study that less than half now of adult Americans belong to a church or some religious body. Less than half. The numbers are higher in Ada County. It's over 60% belong to no religious tradition at all. So for most of us, even churchgoers among us, we are part of this culture that says, does God exist? Or is God made up in my head? For many people, you know, the word God, the name God, and church are all mixed up together. And so even as folks have have rejected God and church, prayer is still um, common. The same study that says that so few people are part of a faith tradition also People report that 80% of people report that they pray regularly. So even as secularism has grown, and even as 
maybe we don't believe, we, we still believe. We're still praying. We are like that father who came to Jesus and asked Jesus to cure his son, to heal his son. And he says, please heal my son if you can. And Jesus said, if I can. And the father says, I believe, help my unbelief. That is our prayer. I believe, help my unbelief. And God will help our unbelief. As we move into loyalty, we move into loyalty, faith as loyalty. We put God first like Jesus put God first. We spend regular time in prayer like Jesus prayed. And we stay away from the idols. We no longer have Baal temples promising us security and prosperity. We have other idols that promise us security and prosperity. You only have to let go of your morality. You only have to, to de- take some people and say they are, they are dismissed, um, throwaway people. But Jesus says our loyalty to God, we stay away from those idols. We show our loyalty by membership in church. We show our loyalty by by speaking about God, by talking about God in our everyday life. We show our loyalty in those regular spiritual practices of prayer or devotion or meditation, worship. And then we move to trust. We move to trust like Jesus trusted. Well, actually, we don't move to trust. God moves us to trust. And so we find God by noticing, we find trust by noticing what God has done. Noticing God's faithfulness. Noticing that God never needs a reminder. That God shows up appreciating us, nurturing us, healing us, valuing us. And we respond. We respond. We love because God first loved us. And we trust God because God is trustworthy. And we show our trust. We show our trust in generous stewardship of the resources we have been given. We show our trust in giving rather than following the idol of prosperity in the way that we give of the resources we steward. We show our trust in the generous stewardship of our gifts, of the unique gifts and talents God has given us and the way we use those to help the world. We show our trust in the generous stewardship of our love, of sharing compassion, like we talked about last week. Now when we talk about trusting God, There is a danger area here. For many people, their understanding of church and God have become fused, knit together. And then they extend to the church their trust in God. And we are not God. 
and people can feel let down. Some folks have been deeply betrayed by the church. And because that was fused, they felt betrayed by God. And God calls us to be a reconciling, healing presence for those who have been hurt. Now I said belief, loyal, trust, and that is a logical pathway. But my guess is that is not the pathway for most of us here. That for most of us here, the pathway is actually the other direction. Trust, loyalty, belief, that we start actually with trust. And often we start with trust because nothing else can help. There, we are at the end of our rope. That we are at a place where, where no one can help us and we cannot help ourselves. And so we lean into God. Those times when, when life is totally out of control or when we're in a season of desperate loneliness or when we are in a foxhole and death is at our door and we trust God because we have no other option and God shows up. God shows up because God has actually been there the entire time. God shows up in our need. And then we move, we move from trust to loyal. We move from those times of only in our, on our bad days to now loyalty to God on bad days and on good days, on all days. And we find that God is there in all of those, in all of those, that normalness that ordinary time that we are in right now. And finally, we move to belief. We move to a place of confidence that this unprovable God is actually the most real thing we have ever experienced. Jesus was faithful. Jesus shows us how to be faithful, and we are called to copy Christ. Amen. <laughs>